All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with Tim Wersberger and guest host Ken Reed. He's taking it over. He is the the star of Sportsnet. You see him nightly, weekly, nightly, nightly on Sportsnet. We're we're happy to have him on. Ken Reed from Nova Scotia. Kenny, how you doing? Good, Johnny. Thanks for the invite. Who was the last minute cancellation? There was a few players that were on the fence. (laughs) And you got the you got the call right at the last minute. Always always happy to help. That's how I sneak into celebrity golf tournaments around Toronto. Uh, all the, I know all the organizers, right? And whenever – I got into the Joe Carter a couple times because one year uh, Roger Clemens couldn't make it and another year Dan Marino forgot his passport, I think it was. So I get the call the night before and, hey, you know what it's like, buddy. You get the call to the show, you're going. You don't care how you get there. It's not a bad thing to get the invite. Who cares? They don't ask how. That's right. As long as you're there, buddy. I got the sweater to prove it. I got the hat, all the good stuff. Well, thank you for coming on. There was no other options. You were you were one one A, and that was it. Without you, we were just going solo. Nice, nice. Happy to be here. So in. you are Mister Hockey. You're plugged in. You watch every single look at your your eyes already darting away from the screen right now. You're <laughs> which game are you watching now? The Bruins. Yeah, I got Boston and the Islanders on. Yeah, it's a little more, little more fire so far, I think, than Carolina, Tampa Bay. Not to take away from them, but I, Boston Islanders. That's a good matchup for me, right? I know. I mentioned it earlier in last this week. I said, does anybody care about Tampa Bay, Carolina at all? Yeah, that's on the L back burner up here, I think, which is sad because they're both awesome teams. Just you know, fighters make good fights, right? And I like the way Boston and the and the, the Islanders align. So it's a little more grind in that series, right? A little more John Scott Hawk. I agree. Let's start with them then. So they're tied 1-1. Can you give us an update? Give us a Sportsnet update right now on the game. All right. Uh, Bruins there at Nassau County Coliseum for the third game of their series with the New York Islanders. Boston currently up one nothing with 17.35 to go in the second period. Series tied at a game apiece. <laughs> That's pretty there good. You know, it wasn't even in the teleprompter. So let it, I'm interested to hear your take. Who do you like in this series? Because I, I love the Islanders. I think they're built perfectly. Thank I think you. they're a great team, great coach, top to bottom. Who do you like in this team? I wish I could disagree with you. Um, I, I think logic tells me to take the, uh, the Bruins when you just look at their makeup. But, man, Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo. Would you really bet against them? I mean, Lou Lamarillo leaves Toronto, and I think he's won five playoff series since he left. 
the Islanders are one of those teams where I don't think there's that much of a difference between the way, like, I mean, Barzell, Bobillier are top end guys, but the, from first line to the fourth line, it all looks the same to me. You know, they're almost interchangeable. So I like that. It's a, it's a true team, which is totally Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo type hockey. Um, perfection line's awesome for Boston. I love, I love watching them. They're wicked awesome, aren't they, Timmy? But uh, I'll they go sure with the Islanders are. overall. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, what do you want for a team? Do you want one line that's unbelievable? Yeah. That is the best line, arguably, in hockey that can score on anybody at will? Or do you want a balanced team? Hey, yeah, my favorite thing about hockey is, and it, it, it annoys so many people, because they're like, oh, hockey doesn't market its stars because, I mean, look at basketball. All they talk about is LeBron, LeBron. I'm like, well, LeBron can play for 85% of the games. Uh, in hockey, your best player – like say Sidney Crosby's still only going to play 25 minutes. You need everybody. And that's what makes hockey so special. And that's why I love the way a team like the Islanders is put together, as opposed to say a team like, Oh, I don't know the Leafs or the Oilers are put together. Right. With not as much depth, depth wins, man, as much as you might not like it. And it might not get you on the, the cover of a magazine because you're the, the second line right winger. You're, you're going to be a part of a cup team. I think that's cool. I love that. You didn't think the Leafs had depth this year. I know we're going off course. Yeah. You didn't think they had a good second, third, fourth line? I thought they were pretty deep. They just couldn't I, finish. I, I, like, at the end of last year, I said, you got to go get some grit. you got to go get some grit. They got Simmons. I absolutely loved it. But they're just, they're just too top-heavy. they got four guys, the big four, they call them here in Toronto. Um, and if you look at their blue line, if you look at the way Montreal's blue line was, right, all those guys like 6'3", 225, yeah. playing yeah, hard, yeah. playing heavy. And then you looked at Toronto's blue line. Um, I mean, Jake Muzzin plays tough, but he got injured. He got knocked out for the final game. Zach Bogosian plays tough, but he's not a giant of a man. Um, and in the playoffs, as you know, Johnny, space is a premium in front of that net. If you don't, if you got those big boys that won't let your, your skill guys get there, well, so I think, I think Toronto's got uh, work to do on the back end for sure. Well, you tell you listen. You you're you're plugged in to the NHL. You're you're plugged in with Sportsnet. You're plugged in with the Leafs. I, I'm sure you got Gary Bettman on speed dial. If not, oh, yeah, text message. Time. Yeah, yeah. What are the Leafs gonna do? What is the chatter going around? I, I said they should double down and trade Riley and get another skilled forward and just go for oh, it. Really? Just go all in. So so that's funny because we were talking at work tonight. I'm like the only guy that to me seems tradable is Riley because he's, you know, he's on a kind of a friendly contract. Uh, Nylander, if you're going to trade him, trade now, the value is high. Yep. But the, the, the word on the street in Toronto via the Leafs yesterday is they're just going to stay the course. They, uh, they're going to be patient. And to be honest, um, I'm not a Leafs fan, so I can look at it from a, a, a nice, relaxed, non-emotional point of view. And if I had those four guys – Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares, I would stay with them. They're under contract. Yeah. I would stay with them, and I would build around them as well. To panic and try to blow something up and freak out is not going to work. I, I love Jack Campbell's story in Nets. I hope he can be that number one they're looking for. But, you know, we can break it down all you want. Carey Price stood on his head in that series, right? So, yeah, you know. I don't think – gosh, I don't think you blow it up either. No. I don't think you, you can. You can't. No. You, no. you can't trade a, a team with players of that caliber. I don't know. What what's it like? Is it just depressing when you walk around Toronto? Is people oh, it's just a, like Okay, I'm a big fan of uh, Schadenfreude. Like me and my buddies call it a hee hee because we have this one fella he always makes fun of the like you know, if somebody falls he thinks it's hilarious, right? Hee hee hee, that's the way he laughs, so we call it a hee hee. 
it is a giant hee-hee in Canada if you're not a Leafs fan. Now, if you are a Leafs fan, you saw my poor buddy, my poor buddy Steve Dangle. I, I, I messaged him, and I go, buddy, I don't know how you do this because the, the most disheartening thing about Dangle for me was after they lost game six, I, as a sports fan, I grew up loving the Montreal Canadiens. I loved my Canada Cups, right? So in 84, Canada came back against the Russians. 87, they came back. So I always have faith my team can come back. The way I'm wired is you're never out of it. You play out of the final whistle. So after the Leafs lose game six in overtime, Dangle's just, oh, it's over. They're going to lose game seven. And I don't understand that attitude. But now that I kind of understand what a Leafs fan is all about from watching him, they're like a, a Cubs fan and a Red Sox fan in 1987 combined. They're the Cleveland Browns times a thousand here. It is just, it's awful. But as a non-Leafs fan, it's hilarious. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the Leafs fans, they deserve it. They're the worst. I don't know. I grew up right near <laughs> Toronto loving the Bruins. And I, they were just – they're the most annoying fans ever. They, they start the season always hot, and they're playing the parade, and it's like, good, yeah. beat it. And then they get Shannon, they sign him for the big deal. They get Babcock signing for big money, and they throw money at everything. They think they're the best. They think they know how to do everything better than everybody. Good. You deserve to lose again. I hope they trade everybody <laughs> and they go on to win multiple Stanley Cups. Well, they my, do, I don't know. They deserve it. My son's eight and he's a Leafs fan. He was heartbroken. And I, I said, Jacoby, I tried to make you a Habs fan, an Oilers fan, a Penguins fan. I gave you lots of choices, buddy. You're in for a lifetime of this. Hopefully your Blue Jays will be better. <laughs> but uh, when he The Jays was, are having a good year. They're great. They're great. And their fan base has optimism. But Leafs fans, man, I, I guess I can understand because it's just one constant disappointment after another. And, I mean, plus, I mean, Johnny, you know, when, when guys play in Toronto, they're overrated. A lot of guys get overrated because they play in Toronto. Now, I'm not saying the, any of the superstars are, but a lot of the guys will be on third, fourth line, your fourth, fifth defense, but I'm not singling out anybody. But you become overrated when you're in Toronto. And then you'll go to another market and, geez, he's not in the top six here either, you know? Um, so people here, they, I guess, I don't know if the, the, I'm not saying the players read their own press clippings, but the public definitely does. And Leafs fans definitely get caught up into it. Hey, but that to me is part of a, a genius marketing plan by the franchise, right? Because they're, they're selling hope, right? And if you can still sell hope, for a team that hasn't won since 1967 and who hasn't won a playoff series since 2004. And you know, when there's fans back in the stands last next year, they're going to sell out every game by selling hope. And the, when really there's not a lot of hope. You think that they're overrated those guys? I, I feel uh, like, no, uh, uh. no, 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 no. Not like, not like a Matthews or Marner. Okay. Uh, like Tavares, not those guys. I'm just saying like the periphery guys. Okay. Like, like, if you're, like, a seventh defenseman in Toronto and the fans are screaming that you should be in the lineup and you should be in the lineup, why aren't they playing this guy? And then you get traded and you're, you're still a seventh defenseman in, say, Denver, in Denver or in Arizona. Okay. So I think anybody on the this third, fourth line in Toronto is usually – in. A, they really love them here when they're probably just a, a replaceable part in any other team in the league is what I'm saying. I got you. Okay, I understand. All right, let's move on to teams that are currently relevant, teams in the playoffs. Let's let's finish up on Boston, New York. You think New York's going to win? Yeah, I do. What are the, what For I what think. reason? Just because they're deep, they're good? Because they're deep. They got four lines that all play the same. They're disciplined. They play playoff hockey. One day I hope to wake up and a team that plays like the 1977 Montreal Canadiens or the 84 Oilers wins the Cup again. You know, just high-flying river hockey. 
it's not what wins it anymore, man. It's just grind it out, fight for space, pucks in deep. It's that kind of hockey that wins it. Well, then so, why are the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs um, keep going back to them? Why do they keep trying to play that type of style of hockey? Because they're trying to change it up. I mean, you look at the way the Leafs are run. They're run by Kyle Dubas, who's a kind of a new age guy, looks at the game from the analytical perspective. And, you know, like this, this, this type of player is effective. And they're looking at, I think, they would love to win with river hockey. The Oilers would love to win with river hockey. As a fan, I would love to see them win with river hockey, but until somebody does, no one's going to. Is hockey the only sport that hasn't really changed? Because you look at football, ground and pound for a good 50 years. Yeah. Load up your line, give the running back the ball. Baseball, they're shifting everybody over to one side, the analytics. They, yeah, they, they ruin baseball. Baseball is a home run league now. Yeah. They've completely got rid of the you know baseball and yeah. basketball. It's a one on one game, and now there's not really any zones or team play. It's just one on one. Give them the ball, and let them go to town. Hit a three, hit a three, hit a three. Yeah, and now exactly is is hockey the one sport, and why is that that they haven't really evolved? And I don't want to call it evolved, but the game hasn't changed much. You know, it's funny. I get basically ever since the Devils won in '95, right with that. Yep. Uh, with the Jacques Lemaire, Lou Lamarillo. The trap and everything. The trap. And then the first lockout, and they, and they came back, and, and then they changed the rules in 06. I thought it was really going to be different, and it was for about a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it just kind of went back. And it's funny now. You know, I think <laughs> I think you'd be more enlightened than this on me, but I think it started to swing a little bit where the fighting's coming back a little bit more. Um, but uh, as far as – they, they've never catered to their stars. And, I, you know, I kind of like the fact – I, I mentioned I like the fact that it's a team game. But, I mean, let's face it, there's 58 penalties every two minutes in the, in the playoffs, if you want to call them. They don't call it. So that's, that's why you got to play this grinded-out style, I think, as opposed to just let her rip. Do, what, do you like that? Do you want it – like, do you like that they – I've talked about this before where – it's a completely different game in the playoffs, like you just said. Yeah. So you can be the best team in the regular season. Yeah. And then you get to playoffs, and it's a completely different set of rules. Yeah, and it is, isn't it? Do you like? Oh, it totally is. Yeah. And is. you you can't be an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid in the playoffs because guys are going to clutch you, they're going to grab you, they're going to stick you. Yeah. And there, there's your room at Sky. Do you like that? Do you do you think it's frustrating? <sighs> Not really. I like the I like the character side of it. I mean, like you'll see a Sidney Crosby succeed. Some years you'll see Nathan McKinnon, right, who can run through a wall. He'll succeed. But it is wrong. I mean, Connor McDavid didn't draw a penalty in the series against Winnipeg. And there he took how many? He took a few. Uh, yeah, and there wasn't one penalty for hooking on McDavid. Now, really? Have you did, he was getting hooked. He was getting held. So, uh, I don't know how you change it. Like, uh, I mean, the NFL, you can't hit a quarterback anymore, right? They'll blow that down every time. So, But it's funny – I mean, when we wanted to change it after after the lockout, right? Remember, a stick would be on a guy, they'd call it right away. Anything, little thing, you'd know better than I know, Johnny. But now it's back to, they basically call a hooker slash on the hands. If you slash a guy's stick going for the puck and his stick breaks, it's a penalty, which is the stupidest thing in the world because my Sherwood 50-30 and my Gretzky Titan wouldn't break like that. <laughs> That's the stupidest call in it's hockey. It's a terrible rule. Yeah, and puck over the glass. Those are my guaranteed three calls. Anything else? Subjective. What do you but, think of DeBoer going after, um, gosh, Colorado saying they're dropping their sticks? Yeah. They're, that's, that's, that's a ploy. It's a, it's, if you feel someone hacking your stick, you drop your stick. You I would. Think you would. 
Sure. I'm greasy. I got no morals. You want to tell the story when we were playing a charity game, what happened? Yeah. So we had a few Pepsis the night before. Coca-Cola for you Americans. We like our Pepsi up here. So so it happens. It's the first game of the day, and uh, I'm I'm playing against John's team. So we just go out. We come together. We kind of laugh. This is in warm-up. And John just goes, hey, Raider, gives me a little shot. And I go flying. I toe-picked. My Dao 301s dig into the ice. I was wearing a visor because my wife insisted I wear a visor. I don't usually wear a visor. So I go down. The visor cuts the bridge of my nose. I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm, I'm, John's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you'd go flying like that. I go, yeah, but you don't understand. I have no balance, and you're really strong. So then we took a picture, and uh, we took a picture with the team, too. We were laughing and laughing, and I tweeted it out, and I don't – I don't know how, but it ended up on Coach's Corner, which was awesome. So the guys in the uh, tournament thought that we were the coolest guys in the world. So I had blood all over myself, and I thought it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, John, you felt awful about it, didn't you? Well, you started screaming, I'm a hemophiliac. (laughs) (laughs) My blood was really thin that morning, too. And I thought – I was like, oh, I ruined the charity tournament. Because Kenny's there. He's the the guy who's kind of keeping it rolling. It was fun. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just ruined his (laughs) career. Oh, I had a blast. That was a blast. That was like the highlight of the whole thing was my nose. And then at another one, at, at one of Eric Lindros's tournaments, I don't know if you're at this one or not, but again, a few Pepsis the night before, first game, <laughs> 8 a.m., I go out and there's a loose puck. And I'm like, I guess I'll go for it. Another guy goes for it. I'm wearing my Gretzky Jofa. The other guy has a mask on. He toe-picks, flies into me with his face mask, breaks my nose right there, cuts it up. Eric comes walking. He's like, what the hell? It's 10 after 8 in the morning. I'm like, this is awesome. Big picture. You know, I got blood all over me. Actually, the girls in Newfoundland made the, the, the pucks in deep t-shirts. That was the yeah. picture from that. Uh, that one didn't end up on Coach's Corner. But, uh, yeah, that was that's one of my favorite pictures. It's I'm like standing by Eric Lindros with a broken nose. Big Al. I afraid he loved that, too. He thought that was one of the funniest things he's ever seen. What do you say when you walk back into the studio and you're just cut up, broken nose, black eye? Yeah. What do they say to you? They just, I was on that night, too. I was on that night. I said, Nadine, you got to work your magic. My makeup artist said, no worries, because I'm the guinea pig for the makeup anyway, Johnny, because I have vitiligo, which means I lose skin pigment when I'm in the sun. So I, part of my face is tan, right? <laughs> Part of it's white and part of it's pink. So the makeup ladies have to make it all the same color for when I go on TV. So to fix my broken nose was no problem. So I, I, I'm, I always say to them, I should be the final exam for any would-be would be makeup artist. So makeup, that was no problem. They come yeah. into the room and like, no, yeah. oh. I can't do it. I always tell them, I'm like, it's like trying to fix Neapolitan ice cream because part of me is, has a tan. And I, I am very dark, as you can see. But then part yeah. of me, if it burns, it's pink. And then the other parts that don't burn are white. So they have to fix me. So you're, you're a published author. How many books do you have? Six. Well, how yes. many do I have? Oh, I, I have six. I've written two. No, no, I've written six. <laughs> <laughs> I have six in the book. <laughs> I have six books. <laughs> two are mine. No, I've written six books. Yeah, doesn't that make me sound smart? You're very knowledge, very knowledge. So you've written six. You've been on yeah. TV for years. Yeah. Apparently, I, all- my book didn't show up. One to remember, I tell, did tell the publishers to send it to you, but I guess. No. Know. Well, when your friend texts you and said, hey, what's your address? And the book doesn't show up. It really yeah. shows. I bet you followed up with Eric Lindros just to make sure you got it. 
I might have given him one on the golf course, yeah. I'm sure you did. Something like that. I'll get you one. Our next little shindig in Newfoundland or Halifax or wherever we go, I'll get it for you. I'm not allowed to cross the Canadian border yet, Ken. It's I'm just, not allowed into America yet. So there well, you go. I don't think you want to come here. It's mm. fine. So what 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 do you like doing better? Do you like getting in front of the TV? Do you like doing the events? Do you like just playing shinny oh, hockey? Man. Like what what gets you gets you? I like going? it all, man. I like it all. Like the best thing about uh, the TV is you get to be a storyteller. The best thing about writing books is you get to be a storyteller. And when we do these events for people that don't know john and i and about 15 other nhl alumni will show up in a town it'll be a heart that'll be a fundraiser for say heart and stroke or easter seals and whatever team uh makes the most money they'll draft first whatever team ends up with the least money they'll draft last and play with me and then uh <laughs> we the night before we have a q a we you know hot stove i'm kind of the mc and i get johnny up there to tell a few stories you know and uh it's, I like doing, I love those weekends. They're a blast. What's it, They're a blast. what's it like? So you grew up, you were obviously like most kids, just a hockey fanatic. Yeah. Do you ever just pinch yourself? Cause sometimes I do. And I even played oh, in the yeah. league. I'm like, gosh, I'm hanging out with like hall of famers. Like well, I, oh, yeah. I'm literally hanging out with Ray Bork, the guy yeah, who had a poster on the wall. Do you ever just kind of shake your head? Like, what am I doing here? Like what's oh, going yeah. on? All the time. Yeah. Like when I'm like, these guys know my name, which is weird first off. And, you know, like me and you and Ally Afraidy are having dinner at my cousin's house. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. John Scott and Ally Afraidy are at my cousin's house. Cousin and Jan. Cousin Jan. And, you know, like Wendell, um, you know, yeah, it's like the guys who are on my wall and the guys whose hockey cards I collected are guys I hang out with now. And then I go into work and, you know, Ron McLean knows my name. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then one night I'm, in Montreal on the bench and Kirk Muller walks out. He's like, reader, what are you doing here? I'm like, I have to interview you. And I pick up the mic and it's got the hockey night in Canada logo on it. And I'm on hockey night in Canada. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. It took a lot of work. It's like you, when you got in the league, you just didn't show up. There's a lot of stuff that goes to get there, but definitely. And I think it's important. And I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of guys like you played in the league and most of them say, I tried to not take a single day for granted. And I don't. I mean, uh, a day is going to come where people don't pay me to show up and talk hockey. And, you know, day comes for players where, where you're flying coach again and there's no more charters because now you're going to alumni tournaments, you know. <laughs> Sitting in the back. Yeah. How, um, how often do you find where you, you run into a guy who's just not fun at all? Very you know rarely. I mean? You yeah, have these expectations. They never come back, do they? Yeah, but even in the league, because you interview players, you're around, you're around the guys somewhat. Yeah. Have you noticed the, the change in personalities between different eras? Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, now that I'm like, I've, I've been an anchor for the last 10 years. So I haven't really been in a room in 10 years. Right. So I used to be the guy that you'd come off the ice and I'd say, John, you got two goals. What did you think about that? And you'd say, Oh, I was just trying to get pucks in deep, play my game. Uh, I used to be that guy. And then that now I'm the anchor. So now guys are, they're, they're, they're very nice. I mean, I'd be more guarded too now with stupid cell phones and stupid social media. Um, you know, guys can't let their hair down, but I do notice when guys retire, it's, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'd like to ask you about this, but I'm sure it's, it's in a way you miss the game, but in another way, I'm sure the weight of the world's off your shoulders as far as how you can conduct yourself and even say an interview, right? Well, you can just speak freely. There, yeah. There's, there's no nerves. I remember, 
if you say something even remotely controversial, you get pulled aside by some PR guy. Hey, the, the, the GM, I remember I was playing in Arizona and I went out to dinner after a game and I posted a picture of me and my wife and I got one of those big DOS boot beers mm-hmm. and I was like celebrating the big win, but I didn't even play. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I posed it like 10 minutes after the game. So I was like literally in the car when the final horn went Yeah, <laughs> and I, like, I got pulled into the office the next day. Like you can't be doing that. It sends yeah. a bad look, but it's like, it's, they, they really do crack down on the players. Like they, they uh, control and they check everything. You can't do anything. So no, I mean, I, I've heard stories of guys kind of being spied on back in the day and now it's social media. I mean, mother of God, like they know everything, but, I, I'm like, you know, if I pose for a picture with somebody, I try to get the beer out of it usually and stuff like that, you know, think little things like that. But I love it when, when it's funny when the guys just joined the old alumni tour that we're on, like uh remember Soupy Campbell showed up in Newfoundland. It was like having a blast. Cause it's just, you can just go play it. There's no pressure, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the reason I love, the reason I do books on hockey players and I did two books on hockey cards where I called up old players and talked about their cards. And I've had a lot of people go, why don't you do one on baseball? I go, because then I wouldn't get to talk to hockey players. You, yeah. you know, you, you call up Doug Gilmore. He's like, Oh yeah. He's laughing. Like, I'm sorry, but you just can't call up, you know, name baseball hall of famer. And he's going to talk your ear off. Roberto Altmar. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball players don't work that way. Right. Like they're yeah. just, they're just not wired that way. The way hockey guys are. And I, I mean, I love everything about the sport. I pinch myself all the time and, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. And, and the guys are so damn nice, you know, like Colin Patterson just sent my kid. I told him my kid Jacoby's into goalies. He's a big hockey card guy. Now Colin sent him a, you know, box of 3000 cards he had as a kid, just out of pure kindness. And I mean, the hockey people are, it's the best game in the world and it has the best people in the world as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I know I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here. I know. No, <laughs> that's my Don Cherry. I love grapes too. Oh, you got to tell some. You got some good grape stories. They're, oh, they're that's the best. One day I'll tell you my favorite grape story. One day I will. Prom. So let's talk current hockey. I want to get your take. There was breaking news today. Yeah. Before we, so Shifley got suspended four games. Four games. First, when you saw that, what was your reaction? Awesome. I nineteen ninety Rock'em Sock'em me was like, yeah, that was awesome. That was a great hit. No, your reaction to the suspension. What was it initially? Oh, okay. uh, I thought he'd get two, so, but I wasn't shocked at four. But, but, but when I saw the hit, I was like, that's awesome. But then I was like, oh, okay. But, of course, everybody in Montreal gave him a stern talking to after the hit. So he got a mm-hmm. stern talking to. But God bless Nikolai Ehlers for standing over Evans and, and protecting him. Right, yeah. Uh, so they, they get him out of there, and then I'm, you know, my adrenaline kind of calms down. Because when I watch a game, I get pretty into it, right? Yeah. So my adrenaline calms down. And once my adrenaline comes down, I was like, oh, that's not good. And then I'm like, well, you know what? He had his head down. He didn't seem calm. He's down. He's trying to wrap the puck in. Shifley, of course, is going to come back and finish his check. But then I, I'm i like, well, then I see he skated pretty hard out from his own end. And I'm like, so what is the, the exact definition of charging, right? Because most people, when they think charging, they think a guy leaping at his feet. But I've always been taught three strides or more. And I'm like, well, that was three strides or more. So but here, okay, here's by the I'm definition. Gonna, it's a, yeah. Let okay. me ask you a question. So it it's a one goal game, correct? Correct. Yep. So Shifley's he's trying to prevent an empty net goal. Correct. So is he supposed to just skate back slow? Not at all. No. So he's supposed to get on his burners and get going. 
and he sees Evans coming around the net. He's trying to stop him from scoring. Why? Like, was it a clean hit? Did he? Did he target the head? Uh, he ended up hitting the head. But here's the thing: Evans is curled down doing the right. wraparound, right? So his yeah. head's what four feet off the ice, and the kid was out before he hit the ice. But so I don't. I would not say he targeted the head. No. It's it's one of those situations where. What is Shifley supposed to do? Everyone's just but, saying, well, he's got to poke check the puck. He had the opportunity. Nobody the puck. Nobody he, does he has the opportunity. When you're skating at that speed, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to put your stick down and control it, try to poke check the puck. You're going through the body. Like yep. you're going to try to separate him from the puck. I just don't understand the reasoning for people. Well, he, he shouldn't have hit him that hard. Why? He was already going that fast. See, I pretty much agree with everything there. And that's exactly what I said. But when you – when you step back and look at the definition of a charge, it's a charge. And the, the hearing was over whether it was a charge or not. They weren't saying, did he target the head? Did he hit him in a malicious way? It was based on the charge. And when I look at it based on the charge, I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 it's suspendable. I think you uh, have to look at the circumstances where it's not a charge where the guy's a defenseman in the corner looking to play the puck and the guy's bombing in. Right. From the blue line. Like, he's trying to prevent a goal. It's an empty net, and he's – it's a hockey play. Do you think the old uh, the old wires crossed, though, and he's barreling back, and he's like, yeah, do you think well, the wires crossed? Well, he's like, yeah. He, if I'm coming back to him, like, I'm, if this guy tries to wrap it, yeah, going to end his life. Right, right. So is that right? Yeah. Why – it's – what do you think Evans is going to be like, whoa, I'm, he's, he's not allowed to hit me. Evans knows he's going to get hit. He knew he was going to get hit, I would say, but he didn't – it was almost like he I, – I, when I looked at it in real time, what may, went through my mind is he's going to get hammered and he knows it, but he's going to do it anyway, right? He's going to get that goal. Yeah. He's putting his, that, like, to me, he knew he was going to get hammered. Uh, but, like, I mean, I love my scraps. I love my hits. I grew up on the Rock'em Sock'ems. But to me, I'm like – like, the more I think about it, like, my initial reaction was great hit. But the more I think about it, it's just like it was a charge. And if you're going to suspend based on the charge, I get it. See, I think you have to use discretion. I played with a guy who was one of the lethal hitters ever, Derek Bugard. And he would hit forwards. They would come into the zone, and the forward would, wouldn't be able to cut in to make a play on the net. So they would go around the net, and they would start skating back up, and they wouldn't expect a forward to come flying down the boards. And Boogie would just murder guys. And they were clean hits. That to me is more of a charge because the guy is not not a threat to score. You could yeah. rub him out, you could make a play, you could stop, you could do something different to protect that guy. What Shifley's trying to do is stop a goal. Like he, he there's no other option that he has to I know, prevent to prevent that puck to go in. I don't disagree with that, but I would just say, but it still is a charge. I get totally get what you're saying, and I'm I'm trying to be like the the evolved version of me. Yeah. Right. When I'm saying this, but I, I totally get what you're saying. I think that is exactly what the Winnipeg Jets would have argued. Well, that's what I'm willing to see the fact that like, okay, I get that we have to suspend people for charging because there are times when you don't have to finish that check. Like a, mm-hmm. A, a, mm-hmm. other guys I play with Pat Coletta. Sometimes I'm like, Patty, like you do not have but, to finish but that it. check. It was not a, by no means a late hit. It was like a perfectly right. It wasn't like two, two side, one, 1,000. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. It was boom. It was boom. Yep. And that's what made it so vicious, right? It it was an unbelievable hit. Yeah. It it was a violent collision. 
if anything, just out of optics, I think he should have got one game. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I, that's, two. That's why I thought it was going to be two. I thought it was going to be two based on the fact we got to do something. Because if you look at the in the past, what players would say, oh, the guy that got hit didn't really protect himself. And I, but I think I thought it would have been one or two. Do the you question, think? Oh, sorry, sorry. Buddy. Do you think they gave him more because of Edmonton's comment when he said it was a dirty hit? If he gets yeah. back in the series, we're going to make life miserable for him. Did you think, think that affects Peros at all? I think they gave him more because um, what was the one? Oh, I'm trying to think of the one a couple of weeks ago that there wasn't a suspension for or something. But I think I think it's public pressures mounting on them to, to lay down on the hits like this. Kadri got eight, but Kadri's a repeat offender. But I just think it's one of those deals where it's like, man, we're taking a lot of heat from the public. and I, I don't think the admins and stuff played – much into it because I, I'm assuming Winnipeg's going to at least win one of these games and game six or whatever he comes would be game six when he comes back. He's going to line up on the wing at the opening draw. Edmondson is mysteriously going to move from the from the blue line to the wing for that draw or center wherever it is, and they're going to get it over with, right? And I hope Shifley one punches him. <laughs> well, what is it? I always wanted to know this, and you'd know this. What's it like in a revenge fight when the guy that you're the guy that's being hunted actually ends up winning it? Like it's not just humiliating, right? It's embarrassing. Yeah. And I remember when I was with Buffalo, we went into Boston. Brian Miller got knocked out by Lucic the year before. They got me. I was the guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I'm gonna have Lucic. to fight three times tonight. I'm gonna have yeah. to fight uh Lucic and Thornton and Chara. And it's nerve-wracking because yeah. everybody's watching. Everybody knows it's going to happen. If you lose that fight, you'll never live it down. Luckily, I, you know, I came out ahead and no one else wanted to tangle with me. But it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. It's honestly nerve-wracking because all the pressure is on your back. The, the best revenge fight I've ever seen was Darren McCarty when he went after Claude Lemieux. Oh, Lemieux yeah. Jeez. It was great. Yeah. And Claude turtled, didn't he? Except it was the perfect yeah. circumstance where Lemieux turtled, McCarty got, you know, a couple body shots, and everybody felt good about it, and then they just moved on. Jeez. So, what'd you what you think is, of uh, – no, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask you, when you and Boogie played together in Minnesota and you're both in the lineup, would anyone even look at you two and warm up? Like, would like did you ever – did anyone on the other team even make eye contact or, like, come by, or was no. it just – silence no and we played some tough teams at that time like we played st louis had a lot of heavies and calgary always had a heavy team and we were we were a scary team we we really if we got up one yeah. or two or three you could see their tough guys just go okay uh, yeah. here we go <laughs> and boogie loved to like he didn't want to lose his job so he's like i got it don't worry sure. so he would take the first one i take the second one and yeah it was it was oh. fun that's what I was saying. It was, this is on the, the Reeves. Reeves wasn't suspended, right, for his hit. So was right. Brian Reeves the last series or something like that? He kind of got away with one, so I think that might have. Suter? Yes. So I think, yes, the cross-check in the post. So I think that might have played a role in this, maybe. Just like to kind of, we got to lay the law down. But I, I can you... listen to your stories about Minnesota all the time, right? Because, like, how, how awesome when, is it when you get to play with Boogie as opposed to against him? Like, that's like, oh, this is, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Well, it's so re- – especially when I got called up because he was there. And I was like, gosh, this is, this is relaxing because I didn't have yeah. to go in there 
and fight an Eric Goddard or a, a McIntyre or a McGratton or all those guys. Boogie, Boogie did it for me. So I got to fight the lightweights and I just cleaned house my first two years because <laughs> I, I was just fighting these second tier guys and I was just like loving life. My old bull Duke, you want to fight? Sure. Let's fight. Yeah. I would just like separate both his shoulders. It was like you and me at the charity tournament. Just having a blast. <laughs> you weren't even breaking a sweat. It was fun. I fixed my hair before the fight. Just made sure I looked good. <laughs> That's awesome. I figured, you- I figured that would be fun. What did you think of Perry fighting? Do you like that with Felino? Uh, yeah. I, oh, that one? No. Yeah. I, no, no. Okay, so I, as you know, Johnny, I love hockey fights, right? I love yeah. that thing when, when, when Perry got him, Tavares, in the head. My kids were here. My wife was watching them. They were, I was like, oh, it'll be okay. And they were kind of disturbed. Beyond accidental. Like, we talk about yeah. if Shifley couldn't lay up. Uh, Perry, that's impossible did, to avoid. And the fact that – no. And, the fa- and when he dropped it, I'm like, what? Are they going to go? I'm like, oh, my God, he's, he's going to go. Him. <laughs> and I was just like, that is, come on, man. Come on. And Felino to me, was hurt in that series. He wasn't playing 100% at some point. I don't know if it happened in that fight or when it happened. But that was just, no, no, that wasn't good. What did you think as a guy that I, I agree. I, I didn't I, – I understood. The only reason I thought maybe this is a good thing is Felino's like, we need to get our mind off Tavares. Yeah, we kind of got to move on. So maybe this will kind of get our mind off of the whole situation. But other than that, I thought it was a pointless fight. Oh, I, just and it does put a kind of a, a spotlight on fighting that nobody really it wants. It put a spotlight on it. Going like that was because like to any lo- to any logical person, that's like uh, getting in a car accident and getting out and beating the crap out of somebody when the, beating the crap out of the passenger who had nothing to do with it. I'm just yeah. like it left the and I love Felino like he. Like I've had guys tell me he's the best fighter in the league in terms of just smartness and knows how to t- scrap. No kidding, I, yeah. Yeah, I love the way he plays. But, you know, I, I who am I to judge, right? I got opened up by you because I told pick. But I, I didn't like it. I didn't like I, it. I agreed. I, I, it, I said to – I told Tim, I was like, I just feel icky about it. I just don't understand it. It just kind of didn't sit well. Yeah, exactly. It was a, an icky feeling. Exactly. That's a good and way to put it. It's like Tavares is still on the stretcher and you guys are yeah. fighting. I got yeah. – yeah. I, I didn't get it. We'll All right, let's let's touch on some series, and we'll let you get back to the game. I can see your eyes are getting sore from looking at the the TV screen. This whole conversation, like you, like you <laughs> buddy, at work, I got my eyes on fifty screens at once. So we've had a couple games on one on the iPad and one on the other TV. And I'm pointing them out. My kid's like, "How do you do that, Daddy?" I'm like, "I watch fifty eight games a night, kid." <laughs> All right, what's the update? Is the second period over yet? Uh, second period's over. Uh, yeah, one nothing. Still Boston in the second intermission. Varlamov, how's he playing? I uh, haven't been watching that much, but I've been talking to you. Good answer. Good answer. All right, let's touch on Colorado Vegas. Yeah. Obviously, Vegas gets shelled first game 7-1. What do you think of them putting Leonard in? Let's just get that. I want to get your take on that. Smart? Dumb? In retrospect, not smart. Uh, I guess they figured he needed a night off, Flurry, but you got to go with your hot hand, don't you? I mean, these I guys are in shape. I didn't mind it. If he wins, you're a genius. He's a Vesna goalie. Sure, you know, he he's a win, good though. goalie. Well, he didn't win. It was a, it's a mistake after the fact, but I didn't mind it before the fact. I guess Flurry's tired. He played seven and fourteen in ten games. Yeah. Game seven, yeah. give him a little rest. Anyways, they come back game two. They lose a three two in overtime. Everyone's upset about the penalties. Can you talk about Colorado's first line? Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen. Are they the best first line in hockey? Yes. 
You so think so? Yes. The, like it's when you put their game on, it's like you're watching a different league, right? Like remember when we were kids and the Russians would come over and the Red Army would have that five man unit, and you're like, what are they doing? Yeah, that's so different. Uh, and McKinnon is. It's not only is he fast, he's like powerful fast. You know, you know how McDavid is so fast. Mm-hmm. Well, McKinnon is so fast, but it looks like if he hits you, he'll you'll explode. And I still don't know what they call them. I ask him all the time when not all the time, but if I see him when I'm home in the summer at an event, I'll say, "What are those straight crossovers you do, Nate?" And there's some technical name for them. And I'm like, "That is the best thing ever because." Like the speed he gains by going, you know, just kind of not in a total straight line, but those straight crossovers. And there was that one goal he got in the first game. I was, it was like a video game thing. He went around the D. And then last night on the winner, they can't get it to him on the power play for the life, right? Just Vegas is cheating his side. He gets it. Buddy comes right at him. He does the old spin move, protects the puck. Perfect pass to Ren. And these, that Colorado to me is by far the, the number one team left. Like they're they're rock and roll, baby. Well, they're they their power play is almost fifty percent. They they're averaging five goals a game in yeah. the playoffs. That's yeah. unheard of. You're like yeah. things are supposed to tighten up in playoffs, and when you're yeah. averaging averaging five goals, they're leading the lead in goals against. Yeah. Ranton, I I looked up a stat. I saw it. he has scored in eighteen straight playoff games. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the opposite of Mitch Marner. Isn't right. that incredible when you, nobody talks about Rantanen that much and everybody no. thinks Mitch Marner is this world-class player. And then you look at Mika Rantanen, who's an, like the most undercover superstar in the league potentially. And you know what else is awesome about that is Landis Cog. Landis Cog is, is taken for granted. He, to, to me, he's like Bob Ganey on the Canadians back in the day. <laughs> like he was just, just does everything right. Like there's nothing he does wrong. He's such a complete player. Um, yeah, they're, they're absolutely flying. And here's my favorite thing. So let's say Montreal and Colorado end up playing each other. The Avs have to wear their retro jerseys this year with the Nordiques logo. Oh. It would be Nordiques against Habs. And then the Hunter brothers come out and fight each other. And then, <laughs> then the Stassi brothers comes out. And then, you know, Chris Nyland beats up somebody. It'd be awesome. Nuts. That'd, that'd be wicked. Knuckles comes out, just giving her. So you think Colorado sweep? Not necessarily a sweep, but I think they win. You know, uh, Vegas has to get a win at home, don't they? I mean, that must be a blast to play. I think Vegas. Well, the, the problem with Vegas. Guess who their leading scorer is? Who do you think uh, Vegas uh, is leading? Off the top scorer? of my head, I would say Mark Stone, but probably Mat- not Matthias Janmark. Right. So, so they're winning flurry or bust, right? They're yeah. yeah I, I see what you're saying. Here. And Janmark, yeah. he's got six points. Three of them came in the hat trick. Right, so the old best players got to be your best players, right? Well, anybody, really. Like, they just have a bunch of mediocre players. I've said this quite a bit where they don't have a superstar, I think, Vegas. They don't have a guy who can carry the play. They don't have a McKinnon or a Landeskog right. or a Rantanen. Right, they're, they're like the Habs right now. They're best superstar players, their goalie, right? By exactly. the way, how many, how many cups would Pittsburgh have won if they, if they took Fleury over Matt Murray? Not at least they, one more, right? One more, I would think. Yeah, but that's that. But Matt Murray didn't play bad. That's a thing. He no, played, they had to go with him. He won a cup, right? He won the cup. I think so. That, we we talked about this. Like, how many times are Pittsburgh going to ship out an all star goalie? Because now they're left with like, who knows what they're going to do now with Yari? Well, I mean, that that first series for Pittsburgh and Islanders. I'm like, can you break down that series? I was like, the goalie. I hate high. to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. I know, but it was pretty obvious, right? Like I hate, I hate being that guy. But well, when it's very, very obvious that the Islanders are shooting half of their shots, yeah, glove side. It's like you, 
you know you figure something out. So you got Vegas, you got the Islanders. Now let's yeah. go to our, arguably the most exciting series in the NHL, Tampa yeah. Bay, Carolina. Yeah. It's, it's I'll been... give you an update. Okay. Yeah. Give us an update. What go do we got? Uh, Carolina visiting Tampa Bay right now. Currently, it's in a replay. It's, uh, it's a slow-mo replay there. Somebody just sniped for Carolina on the replay. Who is that? By the way, oh, Sebastian Ajo. I've been saying this on TV for years, Johnny, and I'm waiting for it to really catch on. Please tell me that Warren, a uh, 2-0 Carolina, 12-20 on the second. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the series. Who's that? Please tell me in the Carolina room, and I don't know about this, that Warren Fogle is called McLovin. Please tell me the boys call him McLovin. Because McLovin, we're recording this on June 30th. According His to the birthday. ID, McLovin is 40 today. So every time we do a highlight with Carolina, I always yell out McLovin for Fogel, right? Fogel, McLovin. Yeah. I don't know if it resonates or not, but you know why I do it, John? Because I like it. That's the only reason I do it, because I find it amusing. You're aging yourself. I guarantee there's a whole decade of kids who have no idea what you're talking about. That's how sad that is. I come on TV. I talked about Danger Bay the other day <laughs> and nobody knew what the hell I'm talking about. You do. You're just at the cutoff age <laughs> for everyone listening. Danger Bay was a 1980s Canadian uh, drama series in which an aquarium doctor fathered <laughs> his two sons, his, his uh, daughter, Nicole and his son, Jonah. And every episode ended with Dr. Grant Roberts punching someone in the face and then hugging his children. You're getting a little bit of everything today yeah. from Kenny Reed. <laughs> Isn't that true, though, Johnny? Every episode was like, it's true. The kids come in for the hug. The kids come in for the hug. It's like somebody signed Dr. Grant Roberts to a tryout. Like he was tough as nails. Tough as nails, old Donnelly Rhodes. Oh, gosh. Hopefully three people understood that. Tampa, Carolina. You got Tampa? Just saying? Yeah, you can't not. I mean, they're up to zip. They're they're Tampa Bay. They, they, the the Kucherov thing is brilliant, right? That's a hee hee. Oh, you're injured. You know. Oh, you're, oh you're healthy. Hee hee. Yeah, hee yeah, hee. Yeah, you're off the cap. Hee hee. No, yeah, that's brilliant. I think that was that was uh, that was, that was cap management. So it's yeah, it's genius because he he it's still genius. gets his paycheck. Yep. He gets to relax because he was hurt for the first half of the season. He gets to kind sure. of heal the right way, not push it. Yeah. Now he's going. Uh, Carolina scored a five-on-five goal today. This is the first goal Tampa Bay's given up five-on-five. Wow, really? How In the series, that's incredible. They, they're playing really well. Tampa just scored on the power play. I told you I could do lots of things at once. That power Tampa's play gonna, Colorado. They're a very, very strong power play. If, if Tampa gets by Carolina somehow, do you think they have a chance versus Boston or the Islanders? Yeah, I do. I, like, I would take Tampa over. Boston or the Islanders. Like, and then I know that sounds weird given all the praise I just gave the Islanders. But like, if, the, if the Islanders win, I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I don't think it's good for the game because they play that sleepy. It's not back. sexy. It's not right. sexy hockey. I, and like I was saying earlier, I said this about the Leafs last year going into the playoffs. I said, I wish a team that played like the Leafs would win. I really do. But they won't because I'd love to find a way for for riverboat hockey to, to find a way to defeat these sit-back trap teams. I know they don't want to say the T word. No one wants to say trap. But, I mean, you watch it. There's three guys waiting in the neutral zone. Well, it's time. a trap, yeah. It, yeah it's, it's a, a trap. very passive trap. I, I was so excited to see 
Edmonton, Toronto. Uh, I was giddy when the playoffs started. I was like, this is going to be so great. And why do we want to see it? Because it's two teams that can fly, right? And it's just fun. Yeah, they're going to put six goals on the board each. It's going to be great. And it just yeah. – we got smacked back into reality. Paul Maurice, he's just like, no. Like, I'm yeah. too good of a coach. No, I'm yeah. just going to clog it up, and they're not going to get any space. And everyone uh, just was shocked. Yeah. And how about the Habs in game seven? Same thing. Sit back, boys. Sit back and – now, you must have had your Canadians alumni blazer on, though, running around all proud when they knocked off the Leafs, were you? I was so excited. Uh, yeah. Listen, I play in the Canadians alumni games. Yeah. They don't care. The most embarrassing part of those alumni games is when they do the introduction. Yeah. And they go, uh, scored 50 goals when he was 18 years old. Stephon Richet, uh, bowl of honor, Steve Shutt. And they go, he played one game for Montreal. <laughs> One more than I did, buddy. Hey, <laughs> next, like, time, next time you play them, though, you tell Steph Van Riche, he's got a big fan. He was my guy. Numero Carantcat, number 44. I loved him. Man. He loved is him. the one player to where if he would have exerted a little bit more effort, he could have been one of the best players of all time. Oh, he had didn't... a snapshot and a slap shot that were unmatched. And I used to try to mimic his slap shot because his slap shot, if you remember, was from his back foot. Yeah. It was like from like the back of his blade as Mm -hmm. opposed to out front. And it was just deadly. It was awesome. I used, man, I loved watching him. Him and course from the same line, right? Like what a pair of beauties. Those guys are great. There's nothing better than seeing those guys who you grow up watching. I saw Mark Messier one time when I got traded to the Rangers, I would always I would I sat the whole playoffs, so we would play like three on three after the practice. And I saw Messier off wing, off his front, front back foot, over the goalie's pad. It was just like I'm just like, am I Yari Curry giving you the puck over there? And you just and he just celebrated the same way with his hands raised. Right. Or, oh, right. I was just like, this could not get any better. God. It Did was you, so cool. Uh, do you have one of those stories? PJ Stock has that great story where they threw him out on a line with Gretzky. And he was like, what? And they threw him on the line with Wayne. And Wayne's like, don't take a penalty. Do you have a story where, like, they threw out on the line with somebody and you're like, oh, my God, I'm on the line with this guy? I remember when I was in Chicago, Patrick Sharp, for whatever reason, he wasn't going. He was complaining, just being a, just a fun suck. And we were in St. Louis, and it was a tie game. And Q was like, Kaner, Taser, Johnny, you're up. And I looked at turn around. Wow. I was like, whoa. It was the start of the third period. I'm like, here we go. And he put me out there for a couple shifts, and I did okay. I kept yeah. up. And then I got a two-on-one with Kaner. And really? We were up three to two, I believe, in St. Louis, and he tried to get me a puck. And we, he was on the show. We talked about it a little bit. The guy is the best passer potentially of all time, and yeah. he could not get me the puck on a two-on-one. He, I was so upset. He tried. Uh, the D-man just batted it down. I was like, come on, Kaner. I was so upset. <laughs> Call but, him know, out, eh? cool. Yeah, I, I got on with Joe Thornton a few times, and he's like, just go to the net, put your stick on the ice. I'll get it to you. I was like, this is so cool. I'm with Joe Thornton playing wow. hockey in this the is NHL. What I feel like in the alumni games playing with you. And Stop. The boys. You, seriously, you guys are like, go to the net. I, Johnny, one of my favorites, it was Newfoundland we were in, right? And People are watching the game. Timmy and Johnny comes off, and all these people go up to him and like, because John scored a couple of nice goals. And, like, you're really good. We didn't know you could play hockey. And John's like, I was in the NHL. Like, you got to <laughs> still be able to play to be there. I mean, people were dumbfounded. Like, Everyone's always shocked. I'll, I'll just yeah. – I'll, I'll go shelf. I'll do a nice – I'll do something. Your spinorama move, that one you do or whatever it is? I, it's just a hockey move. It's not like yeah, – Most impressive. normal people can't do that, though. But, more, you know, if you play juniors, you can do it. 
and they're just like, whoa, like that was, <laughs> whoa, saucer pass. I'm like, buddy, I played hockey every day my whole life. Like it, it'd yeah. be embarrassing if I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's I played fun. NCAA. There's not fighting in NCAA. <laughs> Skill was required. You did have to pass the puck at some point during the yeah, game. It's right. really funny. Everyone's just blown away. Like, whoa, because I play. You know who's not that good is George LaRock. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Georgie. Yeah. Just get it in. And once he gets ahead of steam going, I'm like, just get out of the way. I've Do they seen ever, him just train yeah. wreck somebody. Oh my, did they ever put you, George, and Nylon on the same line in a Habs alumni game? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be the best. Tell them to do that. I remember the one of the scariest guys I played with was Tiger Williams. Oh, yeah. Have you ever played with Tiger? I played with Tiger. Yeah, he's you intense not, still. You do not take the puck off Tiger in nope. any shape or form because nope. you will get a two-hander on the mm-hmm. back of your legs so fast. You friggin' will in charity tournaments. I was on his team once. It was the nicest thing. It's like when you played with Bugard. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm on the team with Tiger. And a couple guys, like, it was one of these teams, you know, Tiger was drafted to it. I played on and a couple of them are young they're like so is this guy was he good was he tough i'm like you don't know who that is <laughs> like okay first off shut up <laughs> secondly get on your little phone and hockey dbm because you're with the absolute legend of legends here and he can he's, still freaking play he's he goes bored. he's like 60s 70s i would think he's got he's got the record for most pims in the nhl yeah and still tough as nails his fists are like bigger than a watermelon. It's yep. it's really impressive how those old tough guys like oh, they were the definition of tough. Beyond, and you know when you, you shake a guy's hand and you're like yeah, he's tough, you just he's meat tough. hooks on him. Yeah, he's tough, and he's uh, yeah, Tiger's a beauty, man. I he's something else that fella. I know. All right, Tim, do you have anything? <laughs> no, I'm just listening. I'm enjoying it. Well, we all, came all in. the listeners are like, oh, Tim's on the show too. <laughs> we came in. We were going to recap every series. And it was going to be really in-depth. It just didn't happen, Ken. You know what? Like I always say, just take it off the rails. Don't know where you're going to go. Just (laughs) have fun, man. Like, frick. Yeah, we we got this series down. We figured that out. But then we had some fun talking, you know, talking real stories. And we have – that's the beauty of this game. Everybody's got their stories, right? That's what what I love about it. Like, I always say when I talk to these guys, you you might talk about a goal, but then you talk about B-boys or – Whatever yeah. goes down, right? No one cares about actual hockey when no. you get to the brass tacks. Not no. at all. Nobody's like that's what people always ask me because I get to go on these events with all you guys. What are the what do you do you have what do the guys talk about? Their old goals? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You just talk know. about life, hockey, how are the guys are? What are you doing? Yeah. It's yeah. It's and just, all and all people want to talk to you guys about is is the fights. No one yeah. like everyone's Wendell, do a lot of stuff with Wendell. Nobody asks Wendell about a goal. They asked about fights. Same with Marty and whomever. You know, just go. I don't mind talking about fights. It's all right. I think it's fun. But then you just get bored of it. It's like okay, yeah. It's like now me what? talking about work, right? It's just like, can we just move on? Yeah, exactly. no one wants to hear about it. How's yeah, Ivanka, by the way? Ivanka's great. Ivanka's great. She would know to say hello to you. She wore a pantsuit the other night on TV. That's actually the color of this shirt I'm wearing. Fantastic. Shinny and company, courtesy Daryl Boyce. Remember Daryl Boyce used to play for the Leafs for a bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good PEI guy. He's uh, assistant coach of Moncton. He started up this company, Shinny and company. It's pretty cool. So backyard rinks, he'll give you the old paint for it, right? Like you'll get your logo and a stencil. And you can oh, no kidding. Put it on, yeah, so you can make your – you can bedazzle your uh, backyard rink. Customize your rink. That's cool. Exactly, yeah. But Ivanka wore a pantsuit this color. <laughs> so I shocked her by – 
starting the show by I said, what's on the show, Mrs. Clinton? And then she like she laughed and all that. Stuff. She'd laugh and it was all yeah. fun. But she's good. She's good. She's uh, She's got two kids now. She's looking forward to summer and, you know, that's all good. Yeah. Oh, I brought something special for you, buddy. What? I opened uh, – you know I'm a hockey card nerd, right? Mm-hmm. Want to open a pack of 88, 89 Opeachy? We can get a Brett Hall rookie. Look at that. I can't see you. Huh. How do you get those packs of cards? This car pack of cards is courtesy Pro League in Toronto, Ontario. Support your local cards store. Pro League in and the it's beaches. An unopened? Yeah. Unopened, 88, 89. So there could be a Brett Hall rookie in here, possibly. Bubble gum in there or no? Yeah, there's gum. You want to see it? Yeah. There we go. Opening it on the show? Yeah, yeah. We should put a video out of this. This is We will. 88, 89, no peachy. The best card in this set for me is Mike Krusilniski. You know, Cruiser? Yeah. So they painted an LA Kings jersey on him because he was in the trade with Gretzky, and he's looking down at the date of the trade. It's pretty cool. So there's the gum. Stuck on Clint Malarchuk. It's not Malarchuk. Listen to the gum, bud. Put it in your mouth and chew it. Gum never goes bad. No, Kenny. Okay, who do we got? Clint Warchuk. That's it? There's only one card in the pack? No, there's a bunch. Just hold on a second. Who's the best player? Patience, Johnny. Why did I spit the gum out? Just swallow it. All right. From 1988. I'm swallowing this. No, you're not. Don't do that. He swallowed Clint Warchuk. Okay. Kelly Miller. I'm assuming the Michigan Millers. Oh, my God. You're going to love the last card in the pack. We want Jeff, we want Brett Hall here. Who's Jeff, Jeff Sharples? Sharples. Not Never heard of him. Jeff Sharples. Alain Cote. I know Alain Cote. Alain was in Moncton with us. Yeah. Yeah, Alain Cote. <laughs> okay. I, I told Alain. Actually, I, I always told him I thought he was 108 years old because he had gray hair. But he's like, I've been gray since I was 20. Alain Cote. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Carson. Okay. Airbrushed oilers. You know why he's airbrushed oilers? Because he went from L.A. to Edmonton in the Gretzky trade. That's so funny. That's well, right. We didn't, we didn't get the Brett Hall. How much card. is Brett Hall rookie card worth? Be a hundred bucks. That's not bad. That but I didn't get the Brett Hall rookie, but you're going to like this last one because we Come mentioned on. this guy's name. Okay. So far okay. on the podcast, it's trivia. I'll, I'll trivia question you. Later. We've already mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. Tim, who is it? No guesses yet. This is his first card with the New York Rangers for he was traded from his original team after the 88 season. It's Mark Messier. It's not Mark Messier. It's a New York Ranger on this card. He played college hockey at Northeastern. Tim, you should know. Yeah, no, I that's don't. that's not on the back of the card. I just know it. Oh, actually, I have it no idea. Okay, I mentioned that he should be on a line with you in a Canadians of Alumni game. No, oh, oh, oh um, Knuckles, Nyland, Knuckles, Nyland. Oh no, wait, that's Mike that's McPhee, McPhee. and then Chris Nyland. Chris Nyland. There you go. Damn it, Nova Scotia guy. Mike McPhee, I didn't give him his props. <laughs> there you go, Chris Nyland. You know what a cool Mike McPhee story is? So no. he's, playing, he's playing Junior B in Nova Scotia, right? Junior B. He's doing yeah. all right. And he's like, and then all of a sudden I got an offer from RPI, which is in Rochester, I think, or upstate New York. He's like, I was good at math, so I went. Rensselier Polytechnic Institution there or something? There you go. You probably played against him. That gum actually tastes good after you swallow it. 
And then he goes there and he's drafted by the Montreal Canadiens and ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. There you go. So there you Is go. Is that right? Mike McPhee, Jimmy Carson, Elaine Cote, Jeff Sharples, Kelly Miller, Clint Malarchuk, and Chris Nyland. Oh, just a, a quality content we're putting on right here, opening up hockey cards. No one does this anymore. I know. Hockey cards are the best, man. They, for me, they were a little linked to the game, what I loved as a kid, and now they're a link to my childhood because I'm pretty much a loser who lives in my basement. What junior B team did I play for? Oh, Okay. Mike McPhee played for the Port Hawkesbury Strait Pirates. You played Junior B. It's in the We're, Golden Horseshoe, Ontario. All right, probably like a Hamilton or a Grimsby type team. I played Junior C in Grimsby for the okay. Grimsby Peach Kings. How old were you when you played Junior C? I was 15. So you never played AAA Midget or Major Midget? You went right to the jungle? Maybe 16 I played Junior C. I played one year of Midget, then I went and played Junior C. Wow. wow. And then I got okay. the Junior B the next year, then Junior A the next day or after. I, oh, I'd say Junior B was – like if you're in Grimsby, you're probably going like to St. Catharines and thinking you're really cool or something like that. I lived in St. Catharines. I got cut from their Junior B team three consecutive years. So I had it almost. Okay. The St. Catharines Falcons. Oh, wow. And their crosstown rival was the Thorold Blackhawks. Is that where you played? That's where I played, and we almost won the Ontario Championship. We lost in game six to the Chatham uh, Orange something, Orangeman or whatever. Oh, wow. The Papadoukalis brothers, a couple of Native American kids just handed us our lunch. Dominate, and then you went junior A, and then you went to NCAA? Yeah. Nice. Isn't that nice? I played with Nathan Horton. In the Thorold oh, Black really? Hats. That's yeah. a good junior B team. Not we were pretty solid. All. Not yeah. bad at all. So was everybody there hoping to get to junior A and to make the jump to uh, NCAA? No, or- it was a life or league. It, you're oh, there. Really? They'll, they'll pay for your university. It was a nice, I, that's what I thought oh, I was going to do. Wow. Go to Brock, get my yeah. degree. Yeah. Sports management, kinesiology. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But it did, didn't come to fruition. I went to Chicago, junior junior league, the NCAA. Where N- USHL? Where'd you go? USHL? NAHL. NAHL, yeah. Chicago Freeze. Oh, cool. I like how the NAHL has tiers now. It's like the NAHL 3 and all kinds of – Different hey, – different, Can I yeah. ask you one more question? Yeah. Speaking of NAHL, did you ever get an offer to go to the LNAH? Um, that Goon League? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? They, they contacted my agent after my last season with Montreal, and he's like, hey, I just – I need to ask you – because a couple teams have called. And they, yeah. they were offering decent money, I guess. Like, yeah. you never really got into... I shouldn't have said Zoom League. It's but, been cleaned up. But, yeah, no, they, they, they talked to my agent. And I was like, not a chance. Like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. No. I bet I've watched every fight in the history of that league on YouTube. Me too. <laughs> I love it's, it. <laughs> it's so addicting. And the, oh my the fights gosh. are so bad. Oh, they, like, it's yeah. nothing to do... Like, Bosse and Morassi just go out there. And it's, oh. like, it's awesome. It's just who was that one guy team who wanted to, to come on our show? What was his name? Oh yeah, uh, Sean something. They called himself the sheriff. Yeah. yeah, I know Sean. He's a good dude. Have him on. McMorrow, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the sheriff. He's a good dude. He's a good Is he? dude. buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to. Uh, I don't know if he wanted to come on my show or he wanted me to go on his or something. Yeah, he probably wanted you to go on his. I did his pod not long ago. The sheriff's a good dude. He's from Scarborough. All right, good fella. Uh, played a game for the Sabers. So there you go. There you go. We'll have to respond to him, Tim. We haven't done that yet. But anyways, didn't play in that league, Kenny. And it's time. We got to go. All right, bud. This is our longest indeed. podcast of the of the season so far. Well, you know me. Maybe ever. You know I can't shut up. 
And we did not talk hockey that much, which is great. Because I honestly, sometimes you just can't do it all the time. We got some Danger Bay in there. We opened some <laughs> hockey cards. <laughs> we opened a pack of hockey cards. It was good. <laughs> cousin Jan got a shout out. Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, shout out Cousin Jan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, buddy. That's always, always fun chatting with you. All right. Ken Reed, everybody. You can find his books everywhere, right? Amazon, Pretty everywhere. Pretty much. Go buy his books. They're really good. Tune into Sportsnet. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those good things. He's a good guy to follow. Ken Reed, everybody. Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. You're welcome. We'll hey, see you. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 